I'm coming in hot. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Yeah, coming in hot. Coming in hot. Just like the fajita. Like the fajita. I write what I live. Write what I live. My life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow. Nice with the Just like the demeanor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to LOTL, episode 69. Uh, we are coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio. Same as always. Uh, I'm here uh, back with uh, Jordan, who's back. What's up, Jordan? How's it going? Um, this is uh, the nice episode. I don't know what that means. Mm. Some people will know. Jimmy is not here again. He's down in school doing his thing, working like 70 hours a week, he told me. So uh, he can't be on the show with us, but, um, you know, hopefully someday in the future he'll be able to join us. So he's still part of the team, though. So shout out, Jimmy. Jimmy. Uh, Yeah. So thanks for listening. Uh, You're listening to us either on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Uh, Hopefully you're following us on social media. If not, follow us at the LOTL podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, You can also check out our website, lotlpodcast.com, and you can follow us uh, along there as well. So uh, we're back this week, as always, and we are going to be talking... A little bit about some of our normal stuff that we get into. Uh, the last couple weeks have been a little bit uh, off of what we usually do, uh, but we're going to kind of get back into our rhythm this week. Uh, so just to real quick before we get into everything, uh, we're going to do our poll of the week. We're going to talk some sports, and then uh, we've got a uh, pretty big thing that happened in the Cleveland beer scene this week that uh, we're going to devote a lot of the time in the episode two um as you guys know we are big into the cleveland brewery scene so this is pretty big news and shocked us uh i think it came down yesterday so we'll talk about that and we'll get into that and uh speaking of that brewery uh what are we drinking jordan we are drinking um a special collaboration that a platform brewing company did with two other Ohio breweries. They did it with Land Grant, which I've been to in Columbus. Very nice brewery. And they also did it in collaboration with um, Streetside Brewery in Cincinnati and Butcher and the Brewer based out of Cleveland off on East 4th Street. Um, So the point of... First of all, I gotta admit, this is a little, we're a little late on this. This came out about a month ago, so there's probably not many left, but I was able to find a pack of these. I was looking to get the 73 Kolsch, but it wasn't at the place I went to. We'll probably feature that in the next few weeks again. But, um, so this is a hazy IPA collaboration. So it's a whole bunch of different hazy IPAs. So the first one, uh, they're based off of the area code. So 216 is a traditional West West Coast IPA. Uh, this is done with Butcher and the Brewer. Uh, 614 is a New England style or West Coast, or I'm sorry, East Coast style um, IPA, but it's like a Brut IPA mix. So it's kind of like a hybrid. 
Um, and then 516, which is the Cincinnati one, is a New, Eng New England-style IPA brewed exclusively with some sort of hops. They're called Cagista Ka Ka hops. Um, and that's based out of, that's the Cincinnati brewery. So, yeah, it's, it's a hazy IPA collab, and it's pretty good. It's pretty funky. The one I'm having now from Land Grant and Platform <coughs> is the Brut one. So if you've ever had a Brut IPA before, they're a little weird. This one's exceptionally weird because it's also hazy. Um, but yeah, what do you think so far about this? Uh, it's not bad. I have the two one six, the butcher and the brewer one. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. It's not bad. I didn't. I didn't even know what what kind of beer it was when I opened it and drank it. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't say. Like it, on a can. Let's see. That one is the. So they call that one a West Coast IPA, which is weird because that's usually the opposite of what a hazy IPA is. But yeah. I guess they just didn't filter it, so that's why they can call it that. I'm not sure. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, and the one I have here is great. Land Grant is a great, uh, a great brewery. If you haven't been there and you're in Columbus, please stop. It's it's a great bar. It's also kind of a soccer <coughs> bar, as well, which is kind of cool. We're big soccer fans, so another reason to stop by. There, I guess they're one of the official, or if if not the official, uh, bar for the Columbus Crew as well. I guess they have an ongoing beer that kind of is in honor of the crew. So kind of like how platform is. Okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you know what? I bet you that's the reason why they collabed. That Maybe. might be one of the reasons why they collabed. Could be. I'm uh, sure, there's other reasons. Yeah. So anyway, so since we're talking about and drinking platform, let's just get right into it. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about the huge news uh, that came down. Yes, uh, it was yesterday, right? Yes, it was officially announced. Yeah, yesterday. officially announced yesterday. Jordan, if you just kind of want to take it away. Yeah. So uh, we were shocked yesterday morning when uh, somebody, one of a Cleveland reporter from the area, basically announced that he's like pretty sure that platform just got bought out by Anheuser Busch. Uh, I could, honestly couldn't believe it when I saw it. And then just a few minutes later, Platform and Anheuser-Busch uh, tweeted official statements. Um, well, there were no rumors about it. None at all. It was completely hidden. And if I had to pick which brewery wouldn't get bought out, yeah. I would have probably picked Platform. Right. And the reason why is because they're, they're almost infamous for experimentation. Right. So I, it just didn't make any sense to me. However, you'll see, I think it does make sense now, but at first it kind of blew my mind. I also thought that they were big enough to where they didn't really need that. We had a conversation where you said, I mentioned I thought Fatheads might be one that would get bought out, but you said, and I think you're 100% right, they're probably just big enough on their own that they don't even need that. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of, kind of shocking, and I think a lot of, this is the first time I think that a Cleveland brewery has been bought out by yeah. a corporation yep uh so this is huge for the scene um we'll get into some some feedback in a bit because it's it's a little hot right now uh i want to read though from platform and i know it's i know it's we're not dumb like we're adults i know it's, it's, PR, -E. it's pr speak yeah. but i still want to read it because i think it's only fair uh they said the most important factor in this decision was having confidence that we would continue to control the day-to-day -day operations in an independent manner. We will be making the same platform beer, brewed by the same platform employees, and poured at the same platform locations. Uh, of course, the locations are the Ohio City one, the new Funkinship branch, which is going to be exclusively sour beer, which is still going to happen, the Lacoba uh, branch in Cincinnati, which is coffee barrel-aged beer, 
and then the and then the uh, Columbus uh, brew hall, which they have. Um, so one thing that I do think is really worth noting in this, and this this got me a little psyched when I heard it. Uh, this is the same collaboration. To be fair to to Bush, to Anheuser Busch, and I know a lot of people aren't big fans, but to be fair to them, this is the same collaboration that owns Goose Island, Elysian Brewing. Um, Breckenridge Brewery. Now these are all well known and well highly regarded breweries. Yeah, it's so it's the same arm of yes, Anheuser Busch. They call it the what do they call it? They call it the Brewers Collective. Yeah. And from the website, it's a mission. Okay, blah blah blah. It's PR speak. But I guess what they want to <coughs> do here is they do want to give them some independence and to be able to still create craft beer and not just bland, you know, Anheuser Busch beer. Um, there's a lot of other, there's actually a Houston brewery, Carbach Brewing, which is really big. They collab with the Astros a lot. Uh, and there's some other breweries I've never heard of, but I guess they're pretty well known in their regions. Um, so they're going to be a part of this. You know, my, we'll, get in, I, we'll get into pros and cons in a bit, but I do think that's a good sign because Breckenridge, um, especially Breckenridge and Elysium, put out some really cool beers and they still experiment. Um, but, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a, lot, a lot of controversy, blah, blah, blah. But So let's jump into the poll real quick, and then we can get into some of our thoughts on, the con- on this controversy. So first of all, we, the poll of the week was, are you for or against the Anheuser-Busch buy, buyout of platform? Twitter, we didn't get a lot of, uh, I'll be honest, we didn't get a lot of traffic on Twitter, Twitter which was odd to me. But it was about 50-50 split. Uh, yes and no. Facebook was 80% no and around 20% yes. Um, I can't say that I'm surprised by that at all. But um, I do want to talk about pros and cons. So a couple questions I want to discuss. Um, so what does this mean for platform? They're extremely experimental. Arguably the most experimental brewery in the whole city. I didn't know this, but they have made 600 recipes since their inception. And they, on average, release around 200 a year. Uh, and they have two sub-breweries, Lacoba and Funkinship, which are very out there. Yeah. An all-sour brewery, which is what Funkinship is going to be in when they open in the fall, and here in Cleveland. And Lacoba, which is a coffee barrel aging concept. Um, <coughs> I literally thought this is, again, I have to say this again, this is the last brewery that I thought would get bought out. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the pros and cons. Some pros that come to my mind, you know, they're going to have tons of funds, essentially unlimited resources to do what they want to do. They have, they're going to have access to all the ingredients and all the machines and devices that they might need to do what they want to do. Funkinship and Lacoba will almost certainly be successful at this point, I think, because they're going to have, uh, you know, the, the money to back it up and stability and more 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 of a name in the region i can imagine now you're going to see platform all over the midwest in the same way that we see goose island and and elysium and even now breckenridge which is all the way in colorado has made it uh over here to the midwest as well and you have a lot of people that now know what breckenridge is uh dan maybe do you want to list some cons because i know that you're on the opposite end of what i think about this i just like 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 everything that you listed, everything that you said, mm. is very much like the statement they put out, which is really PRE, like how yeah. no matter what, we're going to spin this to be a good thing. Um, my opinion, and I think most of the people that voted on, on social media, is 
their opinion, I can't speak for them, but I'm going to because I have the microphone and they don't, um, is with anything else in corporate America, when when large, huge corporations get their hands on everything, they're going to try and make it their own. Because uh-huh. bottom line is, to them, we're a huge corporation because we do things our way and we make money our way, and that's why. So, you know, like I kind of told you yesterday... I think at first, maybe you're not going, like, the average average Joe, like you and I, are just going right. to the platform for a beer, might not notice it right away, but, um, and and I don't, like 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 you said, with Breckenridge, Elysian, and, uh, what was the other one? You Goose said? Island. Goose Island. Those are just the three that most people know yeah, about. Yeah, the three biggest yeah. ones that, yeah. So, yeah. so for, like, though, I, I don't know much of their history. But, like, for Platform, like, the thing that made them as big as they were before is the fact that they, all they do is experiment. Correct. Correct. And to me, when you have a large corporation, they're going to look and pick and choose, be like, okay, this one, yeah, it's profitable, but it's not really profitable. So, Mm -hmm. we're not going to spend any more time in this anymore. Yeah. Uh, New Cleveland's our best-selling beer, so... We're gonna market the crap out of that. Um, we're gonna we're gonna stop. You know, I, I just for me, I think it may not start right away, but I think eventually it it's it's big money, it's big corporation, it's Anheuser Busch. So eventually right. they're going to get in there and they're gonna figure out. Okay, these are the beers they're gonna make because the bottom line is. Right. Bottom line, Anheuser Busch, they don't give a damn about creativity. Yeah, oh, 100%. They don't care. 100%. They you want, might you they might have people know. within that manage the Brewers Collective sure. that might care a little bit, sure. but they're still going to have to answer. Right. And they and they could and they could Mr. fight for it, right. be like, right. "Hey, this is really cool and this right. is blah blah blah." And this could and what platforms doing really works in Cleveland. Mm. But if Anheuser-Busch's big idea is to take platform nationwide, kind of like what Breck, what they did with Breckenridge right. and, you know, Goose Island and and all that, like, they're probably going to end up shrinking platforms, creativity, menu, or whatever you call it. I tell you right now, I want to, and, and, and that might not necessarily be a bad thing because right. for me, like, I'm not big into like the experimentation and all that. Like, I get it. Like, so, if you're a brewer, and I've, right. I've just recently started to learn more about the science that goes behind, right. like, even just homebrew. Oh, right, right. Like, and all that, and I can appreciate that. Right. But like if, if for me, if I'm just a regular consumer, if I'm going somewhere to watch a game or hang out with friends, like I'm not going to get the I'm not going to drink the Brit IPA with a hint right. of you know, <laughs> mint with a right. twist of a sour, you know, whatever or whatever they're coming up right. with. Right. So I wanna bounce off of that because you bring up a lot of good points and, and I and I'm not here to say that, oh, this was the best thing that could have ever happened. I, I think, I'll say this again, I, I'll say this just to make it clear if it hasn't been made clear. I think this is a good thing for platform, but I say this as someone who's been annoyed by platform's experimentation for a couple of reasons. So first of all, you already mentioned, let me just say this. This definitely guarantees that you're going to have a flagship lineup. Yeah. So you're going to have probably six beers, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, that you're always that you're going to have when you go to which the website. I think they, I, which I think they already... Kind of were working uh, hinted towards. to because yeah. when yeah. they uh, when Anheuser Busch posted the picture, they yeah. posted a picture of like six different platform beers. Right. There was there was New Cleveland Speed Merchant, right? 
uh, the Seltzer Project, right? And there's a couple others. And and if you've noticed, those have been heavily marketed lately. Yeah. So I have a couple of theories. So first of all, that's going to happen. So, but 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 other than New Clevelander, like, what's a what's a flagship beer from them? Right. I mean, that's I would, been their problem, in my opinion. I would say it, it I, works on a local scale, but it's not going to work in the long run. So, like, sure, your average platform fan might be hyped about the blueberry milkshake with yeah. hibiscus hint IPA or whatever. But like your average brew, brewing fan, the craft beer fan is going to go there and be like, what is this? There's 30 beers. What in the world? Like, what's your main beer? Okay, New Clevelander. And maybe what's the other one that they do um, in the fall? They have Yammy Yammy. Yep. Uh, you know, and they have, you know, there's a couple other beers, but so they're going to centralize their lineup, no doubt. And I think... I think, though, that what you're going to see is all that crazy stuff they do is going to almost be wiped out in the next year or two. And I think all experimentation is going to be reduced to seasonals like you'll see Great Lakes doing, a couple seasonals, and their main experimentation is probably going to occur at Funkin' Ship and Lacoba. That is what I have to imagine. <laughs> and if you've noticed, Platform's put out a lot of sours lately, which I yeah. don't think is a coincidence yeah. for a lot of reasons. But... But I, no, no, okay. They, they might be laughing at us right now if they hear this. Oh, I'm, like, I'm, oh, that's I'm not, sure. that's not. We what's don't, going we don't know. Yeah. It, it, we're if, just taking guesses. If there's anybody from, just and, you know, we're gonna tag platform in mm-hmm. this in this post when we post it. And if anybody from platform listens and wants to come yeah. on and talk to us about yeah, it, yeah, that's. I I I'd be glad to talk to them yeah. because I just don't know. The only thing I'm talking about is anytime anytime you see a big corporation in a market buy out one of the little players, even if it's regionalized. That it ends up changing to become their own, and eventually, a lot of times, those small regionalized companies uh, they completely fade away, and they're just absorbed by the by the company. I mean, we we were joking earlier today, like we were talking about going to platform tonight, and I was joking like, "Hey, do you think I can get a Bud Light on draft?" Like there, right? Yeah. Like I was yeah. I was half half joking, but right, like right. literally, if Anheuser Busch is like to platform, you're gonna put Bud Light on on draft, like. They're going to do it. See, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I understand what you're saying in that, like, that's definitely a thing a corporation could do. But I've oh, yeah, been, I've been, I've been, been to the bre- some of these breweries that have been bought out by this this corporation before, including Goose Island, and they don't do that. Like, you're, it's only their their craft beers, right? And and I've been to now. Here's here's one thing though that's interesting. I haven't been to Breckenridge since they've been bought out. I was in Breckenridge the year they got bought, the year before they got bought out. So I assume when I visit Breckenridge again, which I hope happens because that's one of my favorite breweries, I assume it's going to be a little different. Yeah. However, I have tasted the Breckenridge beers from pre-2015 and post-2015, and their core beers that I had back then and still enjoy today have not changed. I can't see a difference. Yeah. Personally, I can't see. So that's what I'm saying. Like for me, I. But you know, so I'm I'm pro this for a couple of reasons. First, because I'm always I'm always about a local business making it big and make make your money. Like everyone talks a big game, man. If I was offered the money that they probably were offered, it's hard for people to say no. Oh, absolutely. That, right? So I don't want to criticize them for that for sure. And second. I think their problem was, and I learned, I, I kind of understood this too when I went to go buy beer at a liquor store recently. I said, hey, like, he was saying, like, something about, yeah, did you try the new saucy? Or I was like, no, I haven't tried it yet. I was like, I'm just getting this platform today. And, and he was like, oh, platform. I was like, wait, you don't like platform? And he was like, I like platform. He's like, except it's frustrating when I have to put it, when I have to make a decision on how many of the latest release I'm going to have to put out each week. 
And so I think this is going to fix the, that problem, like a distribution problem. And I think it's going to be a good thing in the long run. I think you will have a painful growth spurt, though, as you have a lot of big fans of them who love to go to the brewery itself and try those releases, try those new collaborations, because you're not really going to have that probably in the near future. So you're gonna, I think what I'm trying to say is you're going to lose some fans. Some might come back around. But I think you're going to gain some other fans, too. And I think in the, if financially, it's a smart decision for them, obviously. I mean, you can't really bet against that, in my right. opinion. But, well, like, um, like I, I understand why you're for it, and you think, like, like you're admitting that, yeah. like, you know that Anheuser Bush is going to change platforms. 100%. Right. 100%. What I'm saying is, like, with, with the way that platform is trying to, platform and Anheuser Bush is trying to, you know, wrap their arms around this, this, uh, transformation is them saying that no, everything's going to stay the same. That's what they're saying. Yeah, and, and I don't... And I think that, like... I, I think, real quick, I think that's one of those leaving out certain information situations. Right. Because I think in some ways, yeah, the way they make New Clevelander is going to stay the same. The way they make, you know, the Seltzer Project is going to stay the same. But this, like, but th- this is, like, my, my issue with it is do you think Platform actually believes that? Like... Like Anheuser Busch told them, like they're acting in good faith, like saying, "Okay, you told us that we could still have creative autonomy on our product," and Anheuser Busch is like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." But then because now Anheuser Busch now controls platform, they can come in later and do whatever they want, and it it could torpedo everything. Two things. I think first, I think I have to believe that the platform owners are very intelligent people, and I think they're well aware of that. But two. I don't know. Intelligent people get duped all the time. No, but I, I think I think that I would have to imagine that when they got approached or however this started, they knew what was going on. Yeah, I'm going to give them that benefit. Second, though, I don't know how much power this Brewers Collective has because, like, Goose Island is such a staple in the Midwest. Breckenridge is such a staple nationwide. Elysium is getting there as well. Carboch is a major staple in Houston. Carboch. Yeah. And I, again, I haven't really studied some of these other places, but I'm—I I don't know. I'd have to look into them. But yeah. I have to imagine that they give them just enough power and just enough creativity that it works out fine. Because I, you look at the ratings for Goose Island and and uh, Breckenridge, and they have some of the highest—they still have some of the highest-rated stuff. So you know, it's it's going to be weird though because they're not going to have that they're not going to have this anymore, the little independent tag. Right. Like they're not going to have that. They're not going to be allowed to do what they did with this collaboration anymore. I can't imagine, right? Like right. I would assume that would break yeah. violate something. But well, I mean, at the very least they probably would have to run everything by Anheuser Busch. Maybe like, hey, we're maybe, trying to do this. Maybe what this, do you think? Maybe that, this, see, that's yeah. that's the whole see, issue that I have. See, with maybe it. this answers your question. When did they open 20 platform? Yeah, 2013, 2014. 14? Yeah. Since 2014 to 2019, they've released 600 recipes. 2019 to what? 20, uh, whatever the next five years is. Is they're not they're not going to release 600 recipes. Yeah. That I know for a oh, fact. Oh yeah, right. They're not going to be doing 200 recipes a year. No. So in that in that sense, they definitely are probably going to change. If Absolutely. they do release 200 recipes a year, this is like the this is probably going to be one of the first examples of true creativity but corporate money of all oh, time no. like it would be mind-boggling honestly and, and i'll i'll absolutely applaud them because i because 
I'll tell you a lot of a lot of things mm-hmm. that I'm seeing on Twitter, and it's not just from like our posts about right, it, right, or our poll or anything. There's a lot of people that are saying that you guys sold out. Oh, and they platform. did. I don't think there's an argument there. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I think a lot of that goes to okay. Well, uh, here's what we're gonna see. You know, you're not gonna have that independent craft logo on here, mm-hmm. and then underneath platform beer company, you're gonna see by Anheuser Busch. Right. Right. And then on the bottom of the can, you're gonna see. Uh, bottled Anheuser Busch, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. Right. Yeah, all that stuff. So I think that's what, that's what people are talking about, and I think it's it's, I, it's people are people are being upset that that uh, you know platform and right. Anheuser Busch can can spin it cool. and say whatever they want, but but people who love platform and do love what they've done over the last five years are like, oh well, okay, platform's losing its authenticity. Like it's not and I it's get not that. gonna be the same. I get that. I'm not I'm not here to say that I don't get that. And I'm not pound, I'm not pounding the table saying like I right. hate this and whatever. I, right, I, right. I, I I don't from a Cleveland brewery stamp this see, this is the part this is the the part of it that kinda scares me. Is right. I don't want this to be almost like this is a really bad analogy, but like a gateway drug. So I don't want this to be like. <laughs> no, I get that. I don't I, want this no, to be I, like. Yeah, okay, yeah, now Saucy's yeah. going to do it with right, uh, with somebody with else. Miller or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's like I just. So I want to say this though, because I remember when this was starting to happen. Because you know, craft beer came on the scene years back, and it was like, whoa, look at this, and like, like you had Anheuser Busch and big companies were legitimately like, well, what's going on right now? Yeah. Like. You have an entire generation of kids that, honestly, when they go to a party, instead of just automatically bringing a 20-pack or whatever of, of Bud Light or Miller Light, they're like, hey, I brought two 10-packs, spent twice as much money of this craft beer. And they're like, that's weird. Like, yeah. you have college kids doing that. Right. Still, you know. And, you know, I, I, I work, this is a weird example, but I work, I park in Uni lot. Just for that last event that the Browns did, what was? Did you even? Did you park in? No, not today. today. I no, I, I I didn't. Not today. <laughs> um, There's probably but, people tailgating down there when you came no, into work. I saw. I looked out the window and I saw them starting to set up. But like, I'll see the amount of craft beer um, caps that I see oh, on yeah. the parking lot floor, and like, even the most you know the most stereotypical cheap beer event, a a, a, a pre uh, the tailgate. Yeah. They're all drinking craft beer. Not all. A lot. A lot of people are. Right. So, like, what I'm saying is I appreciate, though, that since this weird stuff started happening where they're buying, you know, the cheap beer companies started buying out craft beer these companies are still going strong. It's still craft beer. It still tastes better and different and way, and, uh, you know, than, than any light lager that you'll find in a cheap American traditional lager. I appreciate that they've put this much money to essentially spread craft beer. Now, it's not the same type of spread. It's not, you know, we talk about the local craft beer, the local neighborhood craft brewery, right? which is a great concept that Cleveland has just fully embraced. And is it's amazing. We have so many breweries here that literally exist off of that concept. So this is not that necessarily, but this is still spreading craft beer, right? This is still making it. So if I'm in a gas station in the middle of nowhere, and I'm like, man, we're out of beer, and I need to get, I can go get some Goose Island, or I can go get some Breckenridge, and I'm like, okay, at least I can drink something better. I'm okay with that. I'm okay living in a world where that exists. Now, how far this is gonna go, I don't know. But I can't say that I'm upset that the the king of cheap beers, Bud Light, you know, the, who, the company who owns Bud Light, is, is investing in high quality beer. 
I guess time will tell. And I fully yeah. understand what you're saying. I'm not even like necessarily arguing with you. And I understand what all the people on Twitter and Facebook are saying. I just, I'm like, I can't fault them. Yeah. I guess is the way I, I'm, like, is my, that's my final argument. I can't fault them for doing this. Yeah, I mean, I would love to get somebody, somebody from platform uh, on our show, or even if it's yeah. us going out there and recording an episode out there, like, you know, I'd yeah. love to do that too, just to talk to somebody about it, because I think, like you said, the, the statement, you know, and of course, like, I'm not, not dogging the way they wrote the statement. It's right. very, you know, PR, and, and that's, you know, to be expected, but I think it still leaves a little bit, still leaves it a little bit ambiguous as to what exactly is going on. Because, like, you, you like you don't know. Like, like you said, like, the sour uh, bar or whatever mm-hmm. is, is opening up. Yeah, fun well, it's, so it's, yeah. like, it's not like, so Anheuser-Busch bought Platform. Right. Like, this isn't like, okay, we're partnering and, and Platform still gets the final decision. If Anheuser-Busch doesn't want to do this sour thing, it's not going to happen. Yeah. 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 So They like, did verify that this will, they were at least going to try it. Right. They said right. it's still going to open. Right. So. And like, like for me, like with Platform, with the guys, with the guys that the brewers that have the passion, like to make all these recipes and right. do all this and put all the blood, sweat and tears into making all this great beer, mm-hmm. you know, this sour thing might be a, you know, a, a baby to one of the brewers. Yeah. Who knows what kind of profit it makes? And, you know, like I said before, Anheuser-Busch, they're only going to care about the profit. So if right. it's not making the right profit margin, right. it doesn't matter. And it could be, they will cut it. It could be, like, seemingly insignificantly under the margin yeah. that they want, and they still might cut it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, you're right. right. The time's going to tell. Time, yeah. I mean, in this case, it's just we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that's you know, that's just what we've seen in right. – in years past with bigger companies absorbing smaller companies within the same niche market. 100%. 100%. So, I mean, that's what I, that's what I have I, to go off of. I've, You're going off of, which is very valid, is previous examples right. of this Brewers Collective, which is an arm of Anheuser-Busch, mm-hmm. buying out other breweries. Right. And they're still very successful. So, in some ways, I am... Well, not in some ways. One of the main reasons why I'm really looking forward to what the outcome of this is I don't know if those breweries in the brewery collective have these side experimentation wings. Yeah. So I don't know the answer to that. I should have studied that, but I wonder if Funkinship and Lacoba are like the first of its kind. Because well, if, if that's the case and it successfully moves forward, that's like groundbreaking in the craft beer scene. Well, that's why I think know? it's, that's why I think it in this situation, it could be a little bit different because right. Like you said, platform, their uh, not like mission statement or whatever, but their their drive is their experimental brewery. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't know. I haven't done too much research on this Brewers Collective initiative and mm-hmm. and you know the breweries that they've bought out so far. As to you know, is platform the first true experimental brewery that they've done? Oh, that they bought out. Yeah, yeah, see, that I don't know. Like I said, I wouldn't consider the other breweries as experimental as yeah. Platform that I right. know of. Right. But that's not to say the other seven that were are listed aren't. You know, I just know... Or six, because I know four of them. Yeah. But... Um, 
yeah so i mean that pretty much wraps up what i wanted to discuss about that but uh, yeah i mean we'll see you know hopefully hopefully we can reach out and uh talk to the guys at platform and see if we can get them on the show yeah that'd be a great Um, interview yeah for sure and uh you know i'm just you know we 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 come we come come about this you know from different perspectives but you know i think i think both of us still want to see obviously still want to see platform succeed and still want to see it be successful in right. cleveland oh where it started. right so and you gotta believe i i have to believe that the owners are still diehard clevelanders and that oh, they really want to to Support and and yeah. support the locals and make sure that they're getting a product that they want. Yeah. So yeah, and I don't think like you're gonna see like prat- right. platform tap houses popping up all over the country. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely like, not. Yeah, you don't see that. Like Breckenridge Brecken- right. is one of the biggest breweries in the like right. like right. craft breweries in the right. in the country. Right, but they don't have tap rooms all over the place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, but I like my one of my main. Uh, reservations of this is I don't really want to see Platform become like a gate. Like, I don't want to see Anheuser-Busch coming out and buying up a bunch of Cleveland breweries. Mm. Like, I don't want to see Saucy going to Anheuser-Busch. No, I don't want to see that either for a lot of reasons because I like the smallness of a lot of the Cleveland breweries. I think that's their strength. Right. You know? And I think the the ones that you're going to, that you might see some of these big uh, beer bottling companies go after are the ones who are, uh, you know, striving right. for national distribution like a fatheads right. like i've said right. i think fatheads is already to the point where you know money talks everybody has a everybody has a price but i think fatheads is the point and they have the confidence and they have the right. they have the structure and the size to be able to say okay well we can take this national on our own yep but and i think that's kind of what you're seeing right yeah. now oh yeah. right yeah. i mean they built that freaking monstrosity in <laughs> in middleburg heights <laughs> yeah. and they're you know they're distributing like all of the country or well, not all over the country, but at least it's, it's going that way. Yeah, you can see you can yeah. get a lot in the Midwest now. And Saucy's only been a brewery for less than two years, and they're already distribu- distributing right. in, uh, you know, on the on the uh, East Coast, like in the Carolinas and right. stuff. So, right. right, you know, we'll see what happens, but yeah. So that's that's what we want to talk about with that. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Let us know what you guys think, uh, pro or con, yes or no, yay or nay. Or give on, us a comment uh, too if you want to talk more about it. As, yeah, as opposed yeah, to we're always up, up to dis- you know. up to discussion, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this more, you know, as it happens, like as we start seeing uh, mm-hmm. platform, you know, right. we, we know we know that they're going to change in some ways. Like I said, I think early on, maybe like the normal consumer won't really notice it. Right. Like I think it might be more changes behind the scene because one of the things I'm sure Anheuser Busch is gonna want to do is take a look at their production methods right. and make them more profitable in that way. Uh, so, you know, as a, as a consumer, you might not even notice it at first. But uh, we'll continue to monitor and talk mm-hmm. about this as it, as it goes on and uh, as, as everything changes. And hopefully we can talk to somebody from Platform. So right. beating that in a dead horse. So if there's anybody <laughs> listening out there, get in contact with us. All right. So that covers our uh, what's happening this week, and that covers our poll of the week. We do not have a top five uh, because our creative juices were not flowing this week. But we've got some sports topics to talk about, some pretty big stuff going on, especially tonight. Uh, we'll talk That's about right. the Indians right now. They have the probably the biggest series of their season before, now, and after. I don't think there will be a bigger season uh, after this, or bigger series after this. 
uh, for the season. That's it, depending on how it goes. Uh, so the Indians start a four-game series in Minnesota. They are two games back of the lead for the Central Division. Um, they swept the doubleheader yesterday against the Rangers. Um, so they took two out of three. They they ended up going six and three in the homestand after dropping the series to the Astros. Shut up. Wait, what was that? Not, I'm not going to repeat myself. You heard it. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, so it's just been really interesting because the Indians, they started a really big homestand. They're starting to stretch where they're playing a lot of really good competition compared to what they had been playing, you know, when the Indians started this streak to kind of get back into contention and become, you know, a legitimate playoff contender again. Right. And, uh, you know, they made the huge trade during the Astros series. That's right. I remember and that. Uh, they got, they traded away Trevor Bauer, which I think we all knew was either going to happen at the trading deadline this year or in the offseason. Uh, he said it as much uh, in his first press conference as a Red. He kind of knew the writing was on the wall that, uh, you know, they weren't going to, they weren't going to work something out long term. So he kind of knew that the Indians were going to try and, you know, maximize his value by trading him. So the Indians get Yasiel Puig, uh, Franmil Reyes. I know you were you were pretty interessante about the the Puig, the Puig side. Absolutely. I mean, it's it it's. Look, people can He's say a huge name. People can say what they want about Puig, but the dude is an entertainer, and the dude puts out some good baseball. At times. One of the one of the things that I, one of the things I didn't know about Puig is how much his teammates love him. Yeah. At every spot he's been, he was in he was in Cincinnati for a year, and you would think like, okay, this guy's a big shot coming over, defected right. from Cuba, like was signed by the Dodgers, like right. <laughs> his first. Experience in L- in baseball was in L.A. playing which for the Dodgers, which a is the glamour like, city. Which is not only a glamour city, but is one of the most iconic franchises yeah. in all of baseball. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, and, and then I, he and then he gets traded to the Cincinnati Reds. Right. Like normally, if you were a head case diva player, like you right. see a lot in the NFL with wide receivers, right? And you get traded, and this is it's it's kind of a it's kind of a cool parallel with Odell Beckham Jr. going from New York to Cleveland. When Puig gets traded from the Dodgers to Cincinnati, you can think, okay, well, this guy's just going to come in. He's going to be a free agent in a year anyway, so he's going to come in. He's not going to. He's not going. He's going to be a head case. He's not going to get along with anybody. He's just going to want to try and get out of there. Right. But that's after doing some reading after the trade. That's completely, completely different. I. I mean, look at look how look how well he's played this year for Cincinnati in a lot of in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and this is kind of corny. But the dude literally fought like two times for for his team, and I know that's a that's yeah. a that's a blessing and a curse because you get yeah. the suspensions involved with that. Right. But I don't know. Like you also, it, it's good to see a guy get pumped up on the field. I'm not gonna ne- ever say that. Oh, fighting and getting a suspension that makes you a good baseball player. But it, it shows that he at least cares enough to fight yeah. for his teammates. Uh, take that as you with a grain of salt. But yeah. you know he's played fairly well for the for the Reds. He's you know, I'm trying to think of the clean version. He's given a crap, like about the Reds and yeah. the fans, yeah. and I, I I think this is exciting. He's, I mean, and now he's on a contending team. He's huge in the community right. too. Right. Like, I was doing right. reading about him, like all the charities yeah. and all the foundations that he yeah. works with, even even in Cincinnati where he was there for less than a season. Right. Like total. Right. Like well, maybe the equivalent of one season trade deadline to trade deadline. Yeah. Right. Right. 
but like I was doing some reading and watching some videos and some press conferences and stuff about him like all the good that he did like just in Cincinnati in the year that he was there and how even before uh, um, even before he played a game for the Indians he was posting about um, you know asking about uh, stuff he can get involved with like in right. Cleveland and I think I could be wrong and we'll ask because I know we have connections with the city mission. I think he already has something set up to do with the city. That's mission. pretty cool if that's true. I think. Yeah, that would be really. I could awesome. be wrong. It might yeah. be a different. It might be a different uh, thing, yeah. but yeah, you know, I get that. But uh, he, um, yeah. So I mean, and and not only that, he's done really well on the field so far. I mean, we'll talk about Fran Mil Reyes. He's he's more of an untested kid. Where he's getting thrown into a uh, a pennant race, he's getting thrown right into a pennant race as a 23, 24 year old kid, and he's pressing. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, he's broken multiple bats already after striking out in at bats. Like he's obviously he wants to do a lot more uh, than he's well, doing. I think I think you're gonna see a lot of development with him too. So like yeah. right now, you know, he he wanted to make a splash, and and to be he's had some good hits. You know, it's not like he hasn't done anything, but I think that he's the type of guy. He's very young. Well, how old is he again? Twenty. Twenty four. For baseball, that's fairly young. Like people. That's when a lot of guys are starting. That's when they just start. So he's already hitting decent, and he's he's a power hitter. So he's going to have a lot of strikeouts. He got traded. He got traded. The Indians already had twenty seven home runs. Right. Playing in the the best pitcher's park in baseball. Mm-hmm. It's like damn near impossible to hit a home run in Petco Park right. in San Diego. But he's pressing right now. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But he's he's the guy that he, – he was the gem of the trade. Puig was a guy that would help them this year. Right. You know, we're not going to re-sign him. He's going to go sign with the Cubs or the Yankees or, or somebody right, yeah. for $25 million a year yeah, for yeah. six years. Like, right. the Indian, that's not what they're looking If the Indians are going to re-sign one guy for that money, it's Frankie Lindor. Uh-huh, 100%. If they're, will, if they're willing to open up their pocketbooks, which I don't think they are. But Unfortunately. That's a, that's a discussion for the offseason for another time. Right. But Reyes is, uh, Reyes is an interesting case. <clears throat> Because, like you said, like he's more of a developmental piece where the Indians think that they got their cleanup hitter for the next five years because he's under contract for the next yeah. five years. Because uh, before before we traded for him, we had Jason Kipnis batting cleanup. Yeah, that's shout tough. out that's, to Kip. He's been fantastic no, right. the second half of the season. But that's he's not, not a cleanup that's hitter. That's not his position. <laughs> he's a two hole hitter. He's a right. six seven hole hitter. Cleanup hitter is the guy that you expect to drive in all the right. runs and all the home runs. Not Jason Kipnis, a guy right. who averages 12 home runs a year or whatever. Which, you know, nothing against Kip. He's actually, after a really slow start, he's had a really good last couple months. Not in coincidence, so have the Indians. Him, Jose Ramirez, who just keeps hitting home runs now all of a sudden. Right. Which and, is uh, awesome because yeah, which he is, had a really bad start to the season. You know, bro. Home run mm-hmm. pitch. <laughs> um. So yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's really interesting to uh, to see how the teams kind of develop this year because we went from the off season where they basically cut sixty million dollars of their payroll and basically traded away or let walk five hundred RBIs from last year's team, and they replaced that with at the beginning of the season nothing, 
they right. you know at the trade deadline they brought in you know two right-handed sluggers which we absolutely needed but uh, at the beginning of the year that's why they floundered at the beginning of the year that and well injuries were really oh, bad gosh. I mean Bauer got hurt right Kluber broke his arm right uh, Carlos Carrasco got cancer I mean yeah, that's the that's literally the to start the season those are the Indians top top three pitchers yeah like. Oh, you're uh, not, you're well, not. and then don't forget. Well, for, Clevenger. Yeah, Clevenger, Clevenger too. for a good portion. Like, could you, could, like, imagine, like, imagine the Astros if uh, Verlander, Cole, and uh, whoever their third stuff. Not Zach Granke now because they got, but at the beginning of the No, game, yeah, it would have been, it would have been, uh, it would have been Verlander, Cole, and probably Miley. Imagine if yeah. those three guys all yeah. missed two months of the season. Yeah, like either, no, I know. either concurrently or different. That's a lot. That's I get and, it. And the Indians even had four. I mean, Bauer didn't miss much time, right? But he sprained his ankle, and he clearly wasn't the same pitcher for right. a while. And somehow, some way, they at least kept themselves around five hundred. And then, you know, their bats started getting hot. And thank God for their bullpen. I mean. The bullpen is such a fickle thing in baseball. Right. But the Indians well, statistically have the best bullpen in baseball. And you right got to think of what Brad Hand has done for y'all. has just been incredible. Yeah. Just I mean, the, the guy's been amazing. Of, the amount of games he's saved and just, you know. The guy's so. been absolutely amazing. Right. Um, and he, that, that's what he was. He kind of struggled last year after we traded for him. But that this, this the guy this year is the guy we traded for last year. Right. Right. So, you know, we'll see what happens with him going forward. He's under contract I'm, next year. I'm, I'm going to say this. You know, I know I've made my little jokes about the Indians, but, like, I don't have any hatred for them or anything. Um, I don't know. If I had to guess, I wouldn't think that they're going to make the World Series this year. Yeah. But what I have well, seen. Well, they're not going to be favored to. No, but what I have seen in the last few weeks and what I assume is going to happen probably, you know, I, it's baseball. Yeah. We've had how many times have wild card teams made the World Series? Yeah. I'm, again, I mean, I'm not. Was, I'm not saying that. Oh, it's going to happen. You but know, uh, you know, because you have some Indians fans that are way too <coughs> high on the last few weeks. Oh, like they're just way too high. They need to come down from right. their high and be a little realistic. Yeah. However, it's baseball. Well, it it's it's a little more than two weeks now. It's it's two months now. The Indians have the best record. That's in true. Since no, you're June right. 1st. Since the All Star game, June first. Yeah. Oh, that's the June yeah, 1st. yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 They're 30, 37 and sixteen mm-hmm. since the All Star or not. So you're right. It's, June 1st. it's two months. So there's there is more reason to be excited. I mean, it's right. And I think and I think some of the excitement is driven from the fact that they have a legitimate uh, race in their division this year. The last three years, the Indians have coasted to division titles right. every right. single year. The Twins are legit. The Twins are for real, and they, they're not going away. They have been. A they solid struggled. Team. Uh, which allowed the Indians to get back in. Like, the Indians were really hot, but the Twins struggled and let them oh, back in. Oh, they struggled real bad for a while. Um, but, you know, they've gotten back on their feet. You know, they've gotten, and, right. you know, the lead is at two right now, but that that's more so because the Indians have, have the best record in baseball over the last two-plus months rather yeah. than the Twins not being good. Right. Because the Twins are still on a pace to where they can win 100 games. Right. So I I agree with you. I I I can't sit here like I'm a diehard Indians fan. I can't sit here and say, "Oh, I, oh, the Indians are going to go to the World Series." I will say, in a playoff series in the AL, the only team that I don't have faith that they can beat is the Astros. Mm-hmm. 
I, the, the Yankees don't scare me. The Yankees starting right, pitching is they horrible. They don't scare me at all. If you can't pitch, it doesn't matter. So, and they have so many injuries. Like, yeah. I don't, and, and then I'm we don't scared. we don't know how we don't know how the uh, well don't the forget about seedings are gonna right and don't forget about um, who's the other big well the Twins. I wouldn't sleep on the Twins in the play if they do end up winning their division. Right. That means it's almost certainly going to be Twins Astros. Well, which it, is going to de- be a very well, interesting. It depends series. because it depends. Well, I guess on, you're right. Yeah, because yeah. the Yankees and the Astros yeah. are pretty much neck and neck right That's now. That's so true. I keep forgetting about that. Whoever whoever gets the one seed will play the wild card team, and then the other two will play. So I think right. Oh wow, you're not kidding. Yeah, They're I neck think, and neck. I, I haven't right looked at now. The, the Yankees are. One. They actually have the edge over the Houston. Yeah, uh, over I Houston think right by now. like half a game or something. Mm-hmm. So right now. Uh, the Yankees would play, assuming the Indians, right? Because right now the Indians are the wild card team. Right, right. Assuming the Indians get there, they beat the I think Rays are second. They beat it would the, be Rays. They beat yeah. the Rays in the wild card game. Well, Oakland's only Oakland's well, like a game and a half. Assuming away. the Indians win that win that game, Rays or Oakland, yeah. Yeah, right now you would have Yankees, Indians, Twins, Astros. Yeah, that, that would be your matchup in the ALDS. Yeah, which for me. I would like because I'd much rather face the Yankees in the ALDS than the Astros. Than the Astros, yeah. Because um, then at least that would set up for a potential Cleveland-Houston ALCS, yeah. which would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. So, you know, we'll see what happens. There's still seven and a half weeks to go in, in the baseball season. There's still forty some games to play. Mm-hmm. Like a lot can happen, but this is the biggest series. I agree for sure. I really agree because if they can, if they fail in this, they're going to be playing catch up, big time catch up for the rest of the season. Oh yeah, and if they don't fail and if they win the series or sweep the series, they really could fix. They could cut that catch up game in half essentially if you think about it. Yeah, well, if the Indians get swept, it's over. My opinion. You think really? Okay, they'll they'll be down six games. They'll be six. Yeah, that would that would be a lot of games. I don't expect them to get swept. No, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, If the Indians can and and the same way, I don't expect the Indians to sweep the Twins. Both teams are too good. Um, it's you know it's like it's like when the Astros came into Cleveland. The Astros are better than the Indians, Mm -hmm. but the Indians are good enough to where the Astros were not going to sweep. I knew I knew the Astros weren't going to sweep that series. They never they never honestly not to bring this up again. I was blown away that they swept them in the playoffs. Oh, because they cheated. But uh, that's that's not what happened. I could I could I could show up the picture. That's uh, I can show the picture. That's now that of the owners that the owner's son that doesn't make uh, home runs just suddenly appear. Um, Uh, but anyway. I, 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 I'm looking for the Indians to take three out of four. If the Indians take three out of four, they're tied with the Twins with the, uh, at atop the division. Yeah, yeah. And after that, you still have six games against the Twins to go, three and three, three at home, three on the road. And then I think the Indians would definitely have the, adva- have the advantage going into the latter stretch of the season because they'll be getting a fresh Corey Kluber back. He pitched a yeah, rehab start I, today. I can't wait to see him back in action. He'll, he should be back in a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, who knows about Carrasco? I, I think if Carrasco if Carrasco comes back, he's going to pitch out of the bullpen in the playoffs. But I'm not counting on him. But the whole Carrasco thing is just honestly such a such a oh, it's so sad, such man. a sad and it's heartbreaking so sad. thing because for okay, obvious reasons for right. his health and his well being. That's the first thing. But then it's like he's potentially 
for his career, which I'm sure he yeah. still cares about. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he didn't give a crap about his career for those first few weeks. Yeah. But now that he's coming around and hopefully going to beat this, uh-huh. it's like probably the second time where he's going to miss out in the postseason, and it's, yeah. it sucks for him. I don't want to be – I swear I'm not – I'm trying to be very sensitive here. Obviously, his life and his family and his, yeah. his happiness is the first thing here. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to. This isn't him. Like, yeah, no, that's not what I mean. Pitch yeah. wrong, getting Tommy John right, surgery. Right, right, right. Exactly. But I'm like, yeah, it's it's. He loves baseball. If you think that once he's healed, he doesn't want to keep playing, of course he's gonna to want to keep playing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's a really sad situation. It really is. And I think the All Star Game they did they did it right. The MLB and you know everyone did to kind of raise awareness of what was going on. But right. Um, great guy too. I, he has to be one of the chillest looking dudes yeah. you've ever met in like yeah. pro sports. Loves to have fun with everybody in the, in the clubhouse. I bet you if you ran, if you weren't a baseball fan and you ran to Cookie, you'd have no idea that he's a rich professional athlete. Oh, you know sure. what I mean? Right. But yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the Indians have Clev and Bieber going in the first two games. Those are the two games to get, in my opinion. And then you try and get one of the last two. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's an interesting dichotomy because the Indians have their our two best pitchers going in the first two games of the series, and then arguably the Twins have their two best pitchers going in the in the third and fourth games of the series. So, it'll be interesting to see who gets the advantage. Uh, but I, I think tonight is incredibly important um, for the Indians. It just sets a tone for the series. Yeah. You know, if, if the Twins. If the Twins win tonight, uh, they can rat, you know rest on themselves and know that whatever happens in the series, like they're still going to be in first place. If the Indians right. win the first game of the series, it's a one-game lead. Yeah, and that's as close as the Indians have come and since that's, April. That's when you're going to really test the nerves of the Twins, right? Because that's it's their game. Admittedly, they've been they've been great all year, right. but. They they've never been in the playoff race. They right. have a rookie manager, right? And they have a bunch of players who have never played in the, the playoffs. The only one would be Gonzalez. Yeah, Marwin Gonzalez. He has a ton of right. experience, but right. aside from him, but he's you know he's a utility. Yeah, man. he's a, he's yeah, a great exactly. utility guy. He's a great right. clubhouse guy, right. but right. you know he's not going to be the guy that's no. going to you know unless you know he's up in the ninth inning with the game tied. <laughs> and he does what he did in the World Series. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, no, yeah, so it'll be a good series. Uh, looking forward to that, for sure, yeah. tonight. All right. So, Dan, uh, uh, something else is going on in Cleveland sports tonight. Yeah, I know. What is that? I don't know. I think it may or may not be your favorite team in Cleveland. I don't know. Not, not just in Cleveland. It's my favorite team. <laughs> oh, you don't oh, wear brown good. and orange, you don't matter. That's right. <laughs> the Browns play tonight. They're opening the preseason slate down at uh, – the old ball yard, well, ball yard, that's a baseball stadium. The old, uh, well, it used to be a ball yard because the Indians used to play down there. But the Browns are opening uh, the preseason slate at First Energy Stadium. They host the Washington. I almost said Wizards because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, most people don't like to say their team name because a lot of people think it's racist. But yeah. Reds, the Washington Redskins, I, I, I do agree that I do think it's, it's racist. pretty racist. Yeah, I mean, Reds, yeah. I almost want to be petty and just call them the Skins. Yeah. Or the Reds. I don't yeah, know. Right. I, it's hard to say. Honestly, it hurts to say. I'm not going to yeah. lie. The Washington football team. Yeah, we'll call them Washington. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so the... Uh, the Redskins come into town. Browns are playing them. I don't. I still don't know. I've been trying to check on Twitter 
And of course, when you guys all listen to this, the game will already have happened. But I don't right. know if uh, any of the Browns starters are playing. So I saw that they said OBJ and Landry, I think, were, were suited up. But they are not Probably expected not to, to play. play. Yeah, That's what I, I saw. So. I, I actually really like that. 100%. Yeah. This game means this nothing. This is so stupid. This I, is the, I, could see, I could see Baker getting in there for a series. Right. Maybe like a couple. Yeah, a couple, just to you yeah. know, get, kinda, you know, get, the, get the feelings Cause, going. Because uh, there's always that weird thing with preseason games where it's like, the game means nothing. Yeah. But it's also like, okay, but you also want to start getting in the rhythm of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why you'll see players who are like in, in, in playoff series where one team has a huge break and they come back and just blow the first game because they're so out of sync. Yeah. Like It's that weird thing where it's like, okay, there's a fine line between rest and also not resting, you know? Yeah. But well, yeah, it's just like these games don't matter. So why, right. like... And so, somebody else brought up an interesting point was... Uh, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that anybody would, would do this, but... So OBJ used to play for the Giants, right? Yeah. One of their biggest rivalries was Washington. And personally, one of OBJ's biggest rivalries is with Josh Norman, one of their corners. So, you know, you, you never want to say, like, a guy's capable of, like, trying to intentionally hurt somebody. <laughs> right. But right. you don't know. Eh, it's football, just, man. You could you could hide that, and it wouldn't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist here. Right. I just. I. I don't. I don't. Um. I. I totally agree with not playing OBJ, not playing Landry. Yeah. I can see Baker playing a series because, you know, there are. There, I think that would be a positive if he played a couple a series, series or two. Yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. Um. I. I would like to see the first team all line play because. Like those are like when you're a receiver, why why I'm like okay he doesn't really need to play is because when you're a receiver you're out on an island by yourself. When you're an offensive lineman you directly are influenced by the play of the guy next to you. So offensive line is a unit of five guys. Right. So you can you can do all the simulation you want in practice, but you can't simulate actual gameplay. Right. right. So it's good for maybe the offensive line to play a couple series and Baker mm-hmm. to get you know used to once again. You know, playing quarterback and whatever. So we'll see what happens. But what is uh, interesting, kind of what I wanted to get to today, and an interesting topic, you know, before we kind of wrap things up, is uh, the Browns made a trade today. Oh, I heard and about this. They made a trade that you're very invested in. I know you don't like NFL football that much. But nah, yeah, it's my least favorite. But you like your, I, I love you like I your love, Houston teams. I love the Texans though. So the Browns traded Duke Johnson to the Texans today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they trade officially a fourth round pick. It can become a third round pick if Duke Johnson is active for ten games for the Texans, which, unless he gets hurt, is a certainty. And Duke Johnson's right. never missed a game due to injury right, in his right, career. Right. So most likely the Browns are getting a third-round pick. <laughs> he could literally miss the first, what, six games of the season and then st- <laughs> Right. Yeah, so it's, yeah. But um, So I know, I, I get it. It's a little lopsided in some ways, but the Texans just released Donta Foreman, who was supposed to be their big dude from yeah. the Longhorns. Go, go hook them horns. I was always a big fan of Donta Foreman in, when, in college, and I was super hyped when he came to the Texans. Unfortunately, things didn't really work out. He got a really bad injury, and I guess they have deduced that he's not going to 
be the guy. So they needed this position, and I love Duke Johnson. I've seen him play last year. I saw, like, all the Browns games almost last yeah. year. I think he's a great running back, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do with the Texans. So as a Texans fan, I'm not upset about it. I really am not. I understand that it could get a little lopsided, and I'm not. I get that. It's also it, – it, you can't just run Lamar Miller out there with some rando. So at least they got a solid, in my opinion – a guy who's proven he can play NFL football. Yeah. So I'm fine with it, but yeah, I. So for me, like I, I, I look at it as more of a more of an analytical approach and more of somebody who follows the sport a little bit more. Um, the Browns, in my opinion, fleece the Texans in this. I get it. Like mm-hmm. it's a position of need. Uh, the Texans needed a running back. Duke Johnson is a good player. I'm not saying the Browns didn't lose a good player. They did. But for me, it's a position where they had uh, extra to the requirements needed. Uh, you know, it sucks that um, – what's his name? Kareem Hunt's not going to play until week nine. But yeah. they really like Dontrell Hilliard, who's played well in training camp. Uh, but for me, the Browns essentially got – the, not exactly the same, but the same compensation for Duke Johnson as the Steelers got for Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown is arguably the best receiver in football. The Steelers got a third and a fifth round pick for yeah. Antonio Brown. I mean, both players both players requested to be traded. Right. So it's, it's still a, it's still a gamble though. You don't oh, know who that you don't know who that pick is going to be. But right. Um, Right. I will say though, it does fit in the scheme of all the picks that the Browns have in 2020. Though, holy crap, they have a yeah, lot. Yeah, right picks. now they have all their all their own picks, and then they yeah. have three picks from other teams. Yeah. So in that case, it, it's like it's like you're adding another piece of the puzzle. So yeah, it could be a little lopsided, but it's still a little bit of a gamble. I don't know. I uh, as it's you know I. Uh, man, I, I I gave up on the Texans about no. I'll, I'll, four I'll say or five. I'll, I'll say this. I I think. I think if Duke Johnson goes to the Texans and plays well for them, it can be considered a win-win for everybody. Right. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. It, yeah. If Duke Johnson plays well as the Texans, they're... Right. It's, it's worth know, it. They, they yeah. might not care about a third And he's pick. a young dude, so he probably has... Yeah. If, if, let's put it this way. How old is he? 25? 25. Yeah. That's still young. If he has yeah. his best years in front of him yeah. and has... Well, he's he's hoping because one of the reasons why he wanted to get traded away from the Browns is uh, he wasn't getting the opportunities that he thought he deserved. So, in Houston, you know, he's playing behind Lamar. Like, I'm not Lamar Miller's not a scrub. No, Lamar Miller's a solid. Lamar Miller's not Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. He's also old. How old is Lamar now? Lamar Miller's probably 28, 29, something like that. Let me see. Um. So. Yeah, 28. So he's basically at the. How would you describe that? At the end of his prime? Most NFL running backs don't go past 30. Yeah, so he's at the end of his prime. Yeah, so it might be it might be a good situation for Duke because, you know, Duke has this stigma of being a receiving running back. You know, he right. never really got the opportunity to run the football. Right. So maybe he gets that in Houston. I just, the way it's being spun is the fact that Houston, in my, the Texans, in my opinion made this ridiculous decision to just not hire a GM because we're a stupid organization we have a stupid <laughs> owner which is which is funny because that's usually what that's usually a dis- a decision that the Browns make we have a stupid owner well it's the kids now or whatever and then we have a stupid 
coach. And we're yeah. just we're so like what we're, I, we're the def, Texans are the definition of play it safe. Yeah. Well, what I heard was uh, that Browns GM John Dorsey essentially negotiated this trade with Bill O'Brien, head coach. Of course. And I think and I think that that's where John Dorsey thought like maybe I could take advantage of this because Bill O'Brien is essentially going to be coaching for his job this year. Yep. If the Texans aren't decent, the Texans he's going to lose his job. You want to know my guess or prediction? If the Texans don't make the AFC title game, he's losing his job. Why would we keep him? No, no, I'm serious. Like real talk. Well, Aside no, no. from like crazy injuries, why should the Texans keep Bill O'Brien if they don't make the AFC title game? What has he done? You know who well, who knows? That's a different. What, that's a different discussion. What, ha- what happens? Yeah. yeah. What happens in yeah. the divisional round if they have to play the Patriots and they lose like in the last seconds? Then, then you lost to the Patriots in the final seconds. Like, you know, we've always lost to the Patriots, right? Every, so, so at what point? So does everybody. At what point do we not just say, okay, if you can't be the Patriots, then you're not good enough? Right. So, so is everybody. Yeah, so, I know. I'm just. But I, I mean, but like, when, <laughs> that's like, so, so true. Like, <laughs> about the AFC. Back to what I was saying was, I, I think John Dorsey saw an, an opportunity where he could take advantage of somebody because he knows that Bill O'Brien is going to be desperate because right. he needs to bring players in that will help right. him keep his job. So uh, I, I think all along the Browns' price tag for Duke Johnson was a fourth-round pick, and the reason why he was still on the team up until now is because nobody was willing to pay that because nobody's willing to pay no, that, that, that for, no, for running that backs. Desperate, yeah. For running backs. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, the last, running backs. This, is the, this is the highest compensation a team's gotten uh, for a running back in a trade since the Browns traded Trent Richardson to the Colts in oh, 2012. Do you remember that? And they got a first-round pick for him. So that's why, like, when it happened, I was like, dude, I, I, I told you, I'm like, dude, the Browns just traded Duke Johnson to the Texans, and at that point we didn't, you know, didn't know what the conversation right. – I thought it was going to be, like, a six-round pick. Right, just yeah, get yeah, his contract yeah, off yeah, our books. Get it and off it, right, right, right. And then, like, fourth-round pick, I'm like – Okay, all right. You know that's that's better than I expected, but you know whatever. It's a win-win for both teams. And then they said it could be a third-round pick if he plays ten games. I'm like, wow. So I think Texans offered them a fourth-round pick. John Dorsey knew that Bill O'Brien was going to be desperate to get more playmakers in there, and he's like, okay, well, we still value Duke John. He might want to be traded. We still value him. So if we give him to you, we know what kind of player we're giving you. So if he does this. Right. You have to sweeten the pot. You have to give us this. Yeah, I'm sure. So I think that's what happened. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, it works. But like I said, I, right now, I think the Browns got much better of the deal. But it could be a win-win if Duke Johnson performs. Exactly. That I can't disagree with that. I think ex- if he does what we need him to do, then it's a win-win. Yeah. And both teams win. Yeah. So. But um. So yeah. yeah so that, game's actually about to start soon. So we're gonna yeah, wrap up. Yeah, we gotta wrap up because uh, yeah. we gotta go. Uh, yep. Go hang down out for the game. Mary Arts. All right. So real quick, uh, if you just want to run, a couple, run through a couple events coming big up. Big events coming my up, My favorite folks. event of the entire year, which we got. because of my brother, I'm only going to be able to go on <laughs> Thursday. Uh, we got, I'll start off with that event, the 121st Annual Feast of the Assumption in Let's Little go. Italy. August 15th through 19th. Uh, that's next, next, next weekend. Week, next weekend. Free Thursday admission. Sunday. Yep. Free admission. Of course, you have to pay for your drinks and food. But Actually, free, that's, that's Thursday through Monday. No, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. 15, 16, they 16. said the fireworks on Sunday. Isn't that the last night? 
The 19th is Monday. Ooh, maybe I got my dates wrong. Oh, okay. I'll have to double check. It's next weekend. Yeah, next weekend. Starting on well, Thursday. most people are going to on a weekend. Yeah, they know. So, festival kicks off with the Solemn Mass, celebrating the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's at 10 a.m. on Wednesday, August 15th, at the Holy Rosary Church. The oh, I- so yeah, that's what it is. Wednesday yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that, that you were, okay. you were, yeah, you were confused. So that's at 10 o'clock a.m. If for those who are uh, more into the religious aspect of this festival. Or just want to go check out a the cultural thing. The 15th is Thursday, so if it starts on Wednesday, it's and the 14th. I got my dates wrong, I guess. I apologize. <laughs> it's next weekend. I do go, believe it. I do believe it's go starts. on Friday or Saturday when it's yeah, the most fun. Exactly. It's even fun on Thursday too. Yeah, but for those who are being, I'm you know, being serious. For those who are Catholic and are interested in the the religious aspect, that's going down. Uh, that's the kickoff. Um, I'm sure everyone who listens here knows what this is, but I'll just run through it. Vendors, beer gardens, food stands, and more. It's all in Mayfield Road and the side streets. Live music, DJs, yeah, all that. Live music, folk music, Italian music, modern music. Bocce. You got everything. And rolled yeah, cigars, bo- We've t-shirts, actually, the last two years. Pastries. The last two years we've gone, we end up at that bocce court. It's a great place Dalton to hang house, out. Yeah. yeah, it's a great place to hang out. Um, it's so much fun. Trust me, you won't. It's a little bit of everything. If you if you got a family, take your kids in the daytime. Don't go at night. Take your kids at daytime, and it'll be a great time. If you're a group of young college kids or like young adults or couples, it'll be so much fun at night. It's yep. seriously the best. It has to be one of the best festivals in the whole city, and you will not not have fun. It yep. is a good time. Um, that's the main thing I want to highlight. The second thing is actually one of our also one of our favorite My festivals. Second favorite event. Cleveland Oktoberfest. Yep. Uh, this is August 30th through September 2nd at the Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds. The admission is $13 if you go buy it in person or $10 if you buy it ahead of time online. Trust me, it's worth saving the three bucks. Yep. Just buy it online. You also have to wait in a line when you get there. Like Just, yep. just buy it online. It's the largest Oktoberfest in Cleveland. It's technically the official one, I guess, if that's the right way to do at it. At the Berea Fairgrounds. Uh, at this festival. At the Cuyahoga <laughs> County Fair. At this festival, you will be experiencing a lot of beer. They yep. got the German stuff, so the official, yep. like, legit German beer. But they also have a craft beer barn. Yep. All your favorite Cleveland and Ohio and regional craft beers will be in this barn. It's a good, it's a good time. Uh, and trust me, by the end of the night, they don't even take your tickets. The craft but, and the craft beer barn has the main uh, the main concert venue. The main concert so stage. I didn't actually look up who the bands are this year, but every yeah. year it's been. We have, I mean, we have a month of preview. Man, last year, do you last remember year, how the Escape the Journey the uh, cover Journey band. cover band was phenomenal? Which sounded more like Journey than Journey. Did. It did, and he looked like Journey. Oh yeah, they were in the outfit that they wore at the Houston the Houston concert, the famous one from the eighties. It was amazing. Uh, they have a lot of great German food. And they have like a lot of other food too. If you're not into German food, they also have wine. They also have liquor. They got everything. This is a great festival to go to. Uh, it's so much fun. Again, these are probably two of our favorite festivals, and they're coming up. So we're real excited. And that's a wrap. All right. Awesome. Check those out for sure. Uh, lastly, before we sign off, what's the move this weekend, Jordan? Dan, I think you know one thing that we're going to do this weekend. We are going to be ki- celebrating the kickoff of the oh, Premier yeah. League. So, technically it starts tomorrow. But Come who- on, you, <laughs> you Wolves! Okay. I wolves! Forgot, forgot he's a Wolves fan. Uh, <laughs> no, that's okay. He Big win today in Europa at, League. He Let's go! His, he meant his place for the Wolves, and he's my favorite Mexican player, so... Um, anyhow, so yeah, we're going to be going to Old Angle Tavern Saturday morning. 
Uh, yes, that's a thing to do if you're into the Premier League. All morning, starting from about 7 till 2.33, they're going to be showing the games. I will not be there time. at 7. No, I'm not going there at 7 either. <laughs> um, but we'll be doing that. After that, I don't really have any other plans. Uh, talking we got to go try a lager. Oh, that's going to be after the game. Yeah. Uh, Saucy is tapping hopefully, a new Mexican-style lager called ho- El Lager. Hopefully we can kick off a Tottenham victory. Yeah. Yeah. Or a preview a Wolves victory. Or a Wolves victory. Well, they they're on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they play Aston Villa on Sunday. It's funny. I, I'm already seeing trash talk from Aston Villa fans, Aston which is ridiculous is because like they're a joke. Like, didn't they? Weren't they in the championship last year? Weren't they in the? Yeah, they've been in the division? championship for like two years. <laughs> Ever? Yeah. But anyway, uh, anything else? That's about it. Me the same, pretty much that, and just uh, fine tuning the plans for uh, my brother's bachelor party next weekend. Gonna be doing, going down to Hocking Hills. Great time. My uh, cigars came in today. Oh. My uh, <coughs> Cubanos. <coughs> so nice. So that'll be fun. Uh, but we'll just uh, be continuing to plan for that. So anyway, that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, oh, also, quick uh, teaser. Might be having some LOTL swag coming. Uh oh. Hopefully soon. We'll I've seen see. the previews. It looks good. We might be releasing some pictures uh, right. when we get them. So we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, for Jimmy, who's not here, Jordan, who's back, Dan, who's always here, uh, you've been listening to Living Off the Land, episode 69. We will catch you guys next week. Go, uh, go tribe tonight. Hopefully get a win against the Twinkies. And, uh, if you don't wear brown and orange, <laughs> you don't matter. Go Browns. Hopefully a big preseason win tonight. And come on, you Spurs. For the Brownies. Uh, I don't know what the Wolves chant is. I've been saying Forks of Wolves. I actually don't know what yeah, the chant is. <laughs> but anyway, that's if you listened last week, that's my EPL team uh, this yes, year. Sir. So uh, You've been listening to Living Off the Land. Follow us on social media at the LOTL Podcast. Uh, check us out, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Website, www.lotlpodcast.com, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Bye.